church was already doing that. Thank God for James. All the men say that. Thank God for James. Amen. So, I, I can guess that perhaps Christ was an influence in his home before he turned 30. Can you imagine having Jesus for a big brother? What a blessing. What an influence. So in the closing of my church and joining this healthy church, Shady Grove Church in Grand Prairie, my ministry was over, but yet it was only just beginning because I had a wife and children that needed my attention. I had been so busy working and earning a living and trying to build that church. It was called Church Triumphant. We were in an office warehouse behind the Best Western Inn by the old Texas Stadium. Worked my tail off trying to make that thing work and not being much of a husband and a father. So I was able to devote myself to that. And in so doing, I wound up working in children's ministry. And it was here that I began to understand that perhaps Christ ministered to his brothers and sisters during his days of waiting. And so I began to pursue that. And that eventually led to Yvette getting on staff at the church working in children's ministry. It eventually led to them recruiting us to work with children of a new church they were helping start up here in Granbury, Texas. So, the Lord, the Lord snuck up on me. Nine months later, I woke up feeling called to be a pastor. And it was at that point that through a series of events, it happened without an election. So they can't vote me out, but I can't quit. But Pastor Olin can come and remove me, I guess. Um, but what I learned during those days is that to be a follower is, is most important. I wanted to be a leader, but I really wasn't a follower. You know, if you're leading and no one's following, you're not leading. You're just taking a walk. Jesus was a follower. He followed the will of his father. And his disciples were followers. They followed the will of Jesus. And as time went on, I'm getting ahead of myself, they became leaders. All right. Let's talk about this leadership track. Following Jesus leads to learning. Can we say that? Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Give the address to that verse is Matthew eleven twenty eight. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He promised to build his church. And I failed at trying to build a church. It wasn't his church, it was mine. And so, if we learn from him, he teaches us how to do things much easier. And one lesson is, he is the builder of the church. There it is. Learning leads to serving. Can we say that? I know this is real basic, but it's real easy in our culture. You know, we're... You know, get to the point that we miss basic things. We're called to follow Jesus, and if we really follow him, we will learn stuff. I've got four or five journals just filled with notes of things I learned 
during those days. And learning leads to serving. And so in serving, I began growing. And what I was learning began to be evident through my serving. Jesus said in John 12, 26, if anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Follow him first. Learn from him next. And then opportunities to serve will come about. And serving leads to leadership. Jesus said in Matthew 10 to the 12 followers, the 12 apostles, they started out following him. He sent them out and gave them leadership assignments and commanded them saying, do not go into the way of the Gentiles and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. I think there's an evangelism strategy here. If you find yourself realizing that you have not been reaching out to the lost and it's kind of scary, where can you start? Start with the backsliders that you know. They know plenty of heathens. And as God draws them back through you, then you'll see evangelism taking place. I think that's a good strategy. And leadership leads to followers. Now, this is a scary point, but it's a truth. This is where, this is where we draw back from leadership because we don't want to, you know, we want people to follow Jesus, but we don't want to have to be an example. You know, accountability comes into place. But Paul understood this principle in 1 Corinthians 4.16. He says, I urge you, imitate me. How is your life? Are you able to tell people, hey, follow me? It's really only possible if you do it, as he said in chapter 11, verse 1, imitate me or follow me, the old King James says, just as I follow or imitate Christ. In other words, if I'm not following Christ, don't follow me. But if I am, follow me. This is an example that we are to set as leaders. Philippians 3.17, Paul wrote, Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. And 1 Thessalonians 1.6, he says, And you became followers of us and of the Lord. So we become followers, then we become learners, then we become servers, then we become leaders, and then people begin to follow us. And here's where it's serious. This is why following Jesus first has to be the priority. Otherwise, we could mislead people. How is it that a good prophet turns into a false prophet? Either they were never wholeheartedly following Jesus or they eventually stopped following Jesus and began to follow their own hearts. So it's definitely follow me as I follow Christ. So leadership leads to followers. If nobody's following, you're just taking a walk. Just keep following the Lord and he will fulfill that calling in your life. There's something about the call of God that can make you miserable, though. Remember the story of Joseph? He knew he was destined to reign, and yet he had to serve as a slave and wound up in prison. And I think it's a verse in the Psalms says, until the word was fulfilled, until the day the word was fulfilled, the word of the Lord tested Joseph. 
He's probably like, God, why couldn't you have just left me alone? This thing is tormenting me. Needless to say, it wouldn't go away because it was a word from God. It was a fire to propel him onward, to pursue that life of integrity that a leader needed to have. And so when Potiphar's wife tried to tempt him to be her boy toy, he didn't do it. Even though it cost him, he moved forward. Let's say this together. So what? I mean, what's the big deal? Yada, yada, yada. Get to the point. Tell me something new. Why is this so important today? Well, I'll show you a little picture of why I think it's very important. It's important to be serious about our faith and become true followers of Jesus. It's possible in America to become followers of Christian music, whatever genre your favorite is. It's possible to become followers of conferences, whatever your favorite speaker is. But if that stuff doesn't help you in your pursuit of Jesus Christ, I encourage you to lay it down for a season and pursue him for him. It's time. It's time. America, I looked the other day in a little research I did, America, population-wise, is the third largest nation on earth. Behind China, which is number one, and India, which is number two. Number four is Indonesia. First Baptist Church of Granbury did a door-to-door survey about 11 or 12 years ago seeing who had a church home. And the days they went out, it was over a period of several weeks, the days they went out, they found only 18% of the doors they knocked on said they went to church. And you know people lie, so it could have been less than that. But, but let's give them the benefit of the doubt. In fact, in fact, let's bump it up. Let's say 20% of the people in our community go to church. Now, there's... 60 churches in Granbury. Uh, the average church in America is less than 100 members, but let's bump it up to 200. So let's say 60 churches in Granbury are averaging 200. How many people is that? That's 12,000, right? Is it? Yes, 12,000. How many people live in Hood County right now? 60? Is it 60,000? All right. So 60, 12,000, once again, it bears out, even though that's not true, it's an exaggeration to say 20% of our citizens are obeying Jesus when it comes to assembling together. Okay? All right. If you remove 20% of America's population, and I think we're in the Bible Belt here, so the north and the west and the east coast is even worse. But if you remove 20% of the Christian, so-called Christian, that we would give them the benefit of the doubt and bump it up and inflate it and exaggerate a little bit, 
and leave America with 80% total unbelievers. They may say they're born again, but they're not. They're not obeying the Lord. They're not following Jesus. 80% of, we're a little over 300 million citizens. So 80% of 300 million is how many people? All right, it's over 240, right? That would create the fourth largest nation in the world. The fourth largest nation in the world are the non-practicing, non-Christian, non-following Jesus people in the nation are the fourth largest nation in the world. So we are on the mission field, right? We're on the mission field. We live in a democratic society. Our founders of this nation founded it as that. And majority rules, right? Is that true? I'm all for praying and fasting, but if the majority rules, then the spiritual decline we see in our nation is not because we're not whining enough and that we're not screaming enough at the rights that we are losing. It's because we're not discipling enough. But it starts with us being disciples first. Do the math. More Christians, more Christian votes, more Christian influence, more. But here's where the blindness is set in. There was a time when the majority of our population in America, and I don't think it was in our lifetime, there was a time when the majority of our population in America were Jesus followers. I believe that. They may have been off here and there. We may not have agreed with them, but they were the best of their knowledge, following Jesus. And so we're brought into a culture that assumes we're raised, if you're raised in a Christian home, you're raised with the assumption that we're the majority. When in reality, we're not. But the power behind us is greater than the task before us. So the reason this is so important is we've got a job to do. And the atheist across the street needs for you to be a disciple. And the agnostic down the road needs for you to follow Jesus. And the hooker on the corner needs for you to share the love of Christ. And the person cursing at you on the job needs for you to witness to them. Because Islam is a nation... It's a religion, but it's actually a nation that is out to conquer the world. Just read the Quran, Kill the infidels and bless the believers. So the most offensive thing we can do is follow Jesus Christ and learn from Him and serve under His leadership and then begin to lead where He assigns us. And let this train get rolling. Amen. It's high time to get serious about our faith. If you are a baptized follower of Jesus, we're going to baptize some folks here today in just a few minutes. If you're a baptized follower of Jesus, the first thing, the first thing he asks a follower to do is be baptized. So if you've been baptized, have you begun applying his principles? Christ gave about 70 commands all of which deal with our heart. (laughs) 
his, the things he said, his hard sayings, deal with our heart. They'll make you pray. Help me, Father, to bless my enemies. Help me, Lord, to forgive this person for the 70th time today. Assembling with his people is so important. He didn't come to make us islands. He came to make us citizens in his kingdom. And churches are expressions or agencies or embassies of the kingdom of God. Enjoying his presence. This is why worship is so important. It's a pursuit of him for him. We come to bless him. Sometimes we ask each other, how was worship today? That's not a good question. That's a question to ask the Lord, how was worship today? Receiving his power. He baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And reviving his priority. Do we take his commission of making disciples seriously? Amen. Let's pray. Father, I pray for the Jesus followers in this room. I pray that they would be encouraged to continue following you for you. I pray, Lord, where maybe we've gotten off center, that we would center up once again on this priority of pursuing you for you in prayer and in the scriptures and in obedience to those things that you lay out before us. Lord, it's not about what we like and what we want, but it's about what you want. It's about your kingdom and not our own. Lord, we just ask you to begin to teach us and help us to learn and to have eyes to see opportunities to serve. And Lord, out of that, I know you're going to give us assignments where we can lead. Lord, bless the leaders in this house. Lord, make us examples for others to follow in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray for those who are called to lead, that they not shun away from the position of having to be an example. But Lord, it is an honor to which you get all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jesus said in Matthew 28 to go into all the world and make disciples and baptize those disciples in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and to teach those disciples to do everything he commanded. And that's what we're about as a church. And so today we're going to baptize some folks. If the praise team could come forward and get ready to sing, Oh, Happy Day. And we're going to baptize uh, Devin first. Amen. Is he in here? All right. Harvey, could you help me with this lid, brother? And if you could help Hal with the stairs. There we go. Great. Thank you so much. Have, uh, I see nine people here today. Emma, are you going to get baptized today? Okay, eight people today. All right. All right. Devin, come right on, brother. Bring your family up with you. Come on up. Come on this side, and you'll climb up these steps and walk down and step down. Yes. It's called a portable baptistry. We fill it with fresh hot water, and by this time it's still warm, right? All right, go ahead and sit down. Okay, Devin, do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe that He died for our sins?
Do you believe that he has risen from the dead? And do you believe that he's called you to follow him? All right. Let's hold your nose with this hand and your wrist with this hand. And I'm going to lay you back. Just scoot forward a little bit. All right. Devin, upon the confession of your faith and in obedience to the command of Jesus Christ in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it is my honor today to baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, planted in the likeness of his death, rising to walk in the newness of life. Lord, we just thank you for Devin. We ask you, Lord, to bless him, to fill him, and use him, Lord, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you, sir. Justin Webb, all right, want to, want to pop those shoes off? In socks, yes. How old are you, Justin? Eight. Oh, nine, all right. Great. Yes, it is. Is it? Got to step down there. All right, Justin, do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Do you believe that he's risen from the dead? Do you believe that he wants you to follow him? Okay. Let's sit down. Hold your nose with one hand and your wrist with the other hand. All right. Upon the confession of your faith and an obedience to Jesus, who told us to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I now baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus. May you walk in his ways all the days of your life, planted in the likeness of his death, rising to walk in the newness of life. Lord, bless my brother. Fill him with your spirit. Use him for your glory. In Jesus' name. Abigail. Abigail, do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Do you believe that he's risen from the dead? Do you believe that he wants you to follow him? Okay. Scoot forward a little bit. Abigail, upon the confession of your faith and in obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, planted in the likeness of his death, Rising to walk in the newness of life. Bless my sister, Lord. Fill her with your spirit. Use her all the days of her life. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Cora. Well, we're baptizing today. If the Lord gives you a word of encouragement for any one of these people, be sure... And speak to them before you leave today. All right, Cora. How are you? Good. All right. Let's go ahead and step down there. Cora, do you believe that Jesus died for our sins? Do you believe that he's alive? Do you believe that he wants you to follow him? All right. Hold your nose with one hand. 
therefore, upon the confession of your faith and in obedience to Jesus who told us to go and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it is now my honor and privilege to baptize you. May you follow the Lord all the days of your life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, planted in the likeness of his death, rising to walk in newness of life, Lord. Bless my little sister in Jesus' name. Use her for your glory. Caitlin? Got a big step here. <laughs> 